How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is Ryan Doze. You are listening to the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. Today, we're doing one of our review episodes. We are finally, 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 finally getting to talk about Disney Plus's She-Hulk. We are very excited to talk about this. And usually when we talk about awesome stuff, we bring on awesome people to talk about said awesome stuff. So today's awesome person, our special awesome guest, is my good friend Brandon Blockstore from Apollo City Comics. Brando, welcome back to the Bifrost. Hello, fucking hype to be back. Can I cuss on this show? I always forget. I Has that I'm ever stopped you? <laughs> I don't think it does. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead. We'll, <laughs> we'll slap an explicit tag on this. And we, we've kind of thought of it this way like, no one can top Torn Grunbeck. True. So if you can top her, <laughs> then we can like find a way to like double explicit the episode. There you go. There, we got to get like a counter. Torn is the bar to she's the bar. And uh, no one has gotten to that yet. So go right ahead. We'll put an explicit tag on it. And um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun though, because we're talking about She-Hulk, which is a show we both loved. Yes. Um, it'll be easy to talk about. But then we're also going to see how She-Hulk, the show, connected to Thor. Yes. There's a lot of Thor references in She-Hulk. And mm-hmm. we're going to be checking out some Avengers comics that feature a budding romance between Thor and She-Hulk written by great Thor author Jason Aaron. So yeah, there's a lot on this episode. Traveling the Bifrost today across all these mediums. I'm. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. So, okay, I'm going to be the first to say, like, I yeah, am ahead. not a big fan of a lot of the Disney Plus shows. Like, you, everyone you know, has their opinions. It's you know, true. It's true. You know, like, and everyone has their favorite. What's really interesting is that everybody kind of has different favorite uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows. Every right. time I talk to someone, they're like, it's this and this. It's Captain or Winter Soldier and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, cool, yeah. Loki or what if or, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, I think they all kind of suck except for WandaVision and She-Hulk. Ooh, I those are my top two, and they're like battling for number one because I had so much fun watching She Hulk. It was yeah, because no matter how crazy or dark it got, like I got to walk away and I was just like in a good mood after watching She Hulk. I was just like, this was hilarious, and like the amount of times I was laughing during the Daredevil episode is just insane. Too too many to count. Too many to to count. count. Yeah. Hopefully, listeners, hopefully, perfect segue here. Hopefully, you will leave this episode feeling good about yourself. Hopefully, you'll leave having maybe learned something. Maybe, maybe you liked She-Hulk and you're like, finally, I heard some, I heard two guys that were actually like, hey, yeah, She-Hulk, bring it on, bring more. Maybe you're looking for that. Um, mm-hmm. I was <clears throat> I was referenced, uh, I was I got a shout out on another one of my sh- favorite shows the other day, Marvel by the Month. Okay. And they described me as the guy who likes to like things. I can see that. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? If that's what I'm known as in the podcasting community, I'll take it because there's a lot of people that are probably known for the opposite. So yes, here, here we go, everybody. We're gonna dig into a few comics. Then we're going to take a brief break and then we're going to come back and we're going to do our full deep dive on everything that was She-Hulk. So the comics we are reading today are Avengers issues eight and 11. Yes, we're going to skip nine and 10. We're going to check out 
issues eight and 11 of Jason Aaron's current run of Avengers. Yeah, these comics are still coming out. This uh, this squad is still assembling to deal with the uh, do with the villains that one hero cannot do by themselves. So in issues eight and 11, we are digging into a story, a, a kind of a B plot a C plot that's happening while the Avengers have just reassembled T'Challa is the leader and they're trying to figure out what is their function in the world that is now like the dark celestials have attacked the final host has judged the world and the Avengers stopped it. But now what do they do? What is their team supposed to be in this world? And there is uh, some, some romantic drama happening behind the scenes. And we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into the romance. Yes, I said that romance between Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk, and Thor Odinson, the mighty, mighty Thor. So here's how this all begins. They have just conquered all the Celestials that have attacked Earth, the Dark Celestials. And Jen is exuding a lot more gamma radiation a lot more power than is normal and dr strange says hey just so you know like you are beyond powerful now and thor is this is so routine like it's just a it's just a day at the avengers base thor is just looking for the bathroom that's all he's doing. He's looking for the bathroom. And his Jen says, body is just so humongous. Right. Like he's just walking around like this insane machine. And he's like, I just need a, and it starts in the beginning of it. He's like, I just need a fucking pee, dude. Like this is the worst thing. <laughs> this is worse than any maze than anything. Yeah. And, and Jen helps him find the bathroom. And that's, that's it. That's, that's all like, you get. That's like all we get in issue eight, but there's a little bit of a hint that they like each other that mm-hmm. they like they appreciate each other they're kind of like they're action junkies they're like they're they're battle junkies so they like see that in the other one and it's even referenced by i believe it's a like captain marvel or, or black panther it's like hey uh thor and she hulk is that happening and they're like <laughs> we don't have time for this like we, yeah. we got bigger fish to fry uh quite literally because namor is on the warpath again mm-hmm. so the the Avengers go and in issues nine and 10, they deal with a conflict with Namor because Namor is always ready to just screw shit up, yep. which we're going to see in the upcoming Black Panther movie. So um, we are we are on the aftermath of yet another fight with Namor. And as they're as Captain Marvel and Thor are teaming up to pick up some stuff at the bottom of Atlantis. They're trying to, you know, clean up the fight that they just had. Captain Marvel literally is like, so uh, you and Jen, is that happening? And there's this kind of like hint that, you know, oh, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And Thor, and they believe this is an issue 10, which uh, admittedly, Brandon, I didn't have you read because it's like four panels. Um, in this little interaction that Carol and Thor have, <clears throat> Carol says, basically, what are you going to do about it? And Thor's like, well, kind of nervous to ask her out on a date. And of course, the big meathead jock guy would be nervous to ask the even bigger meathead jock girl out on a date. Mm-hmm. So Carol says, just do it. Like, do find something fun that you would both like. And then we get to issue 11, where the romance really kicks off. Thor's idea of a date. Now, keep in mind, this is She-Hulk. This is Thor. They're not going to like go to a French restaurant and have like three very like small courses. They're not going to like go do like a moonlit walk. Nope. They're not going to do that. 
Thor takes Jen to the Savage Land and they watch dinosaurs wrestle while drinking obscene amounts of alcohol. Total, like, (laughs) that is the setting for the first day. I mean, like, it's like, let's just go watch these kick ass dinosaurs, right? Go at it. And we're just going to like party while this is all going on. And she is pissed. Like any woman. Absolutely furious. Like, why is she furious, Brandon? I mean, dude, like, well, for one, I mean, she's really upset because she feels like Thor is just seeing the Hulk side of her, you know, right. this big, strong, like, you know, monstrous woman. And it's Thor, like the biggest, strongest dude in the Avengers. Like he kicks the most ass and he's just she just feels like the same thing like that. You kind of see the conflict in the TV show, actually, right. as I spin that into that a little bit. But like that was a big thing. She was like, oh, people are like dating me as she hulk but not dating me as jen and that was a whole entire i mean that like got them through court in the tv show like that was an entire plot line within it right and it's cool seeing that reflected in the comic and thor isn't really sure like how to find at first you know he's trying to find that balance of like which side of her is you know do i appeal to the the savage side or do i appeal to the sweetheart side he doesn't really know how to do it um and she's just like i mean come on like no wonder no wonder you're fucking single thor if you're doing stuff like this (laughs) at one point thor says i'm 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 mighty with like my hammer and my fist but i'm not so mighty with my words and i'm like that is a jason aaron line if i've ever heard one he's like i'm not so mighty with my words and he tries to explain to jen that it's her humanity that he actually finds the most intriguing it's the humanity of her behind the she-hulk that he wants to know more because at this point he kind of knows who she-hulk is he knows he's attracted to the she-hulk side of her persona but it's jen that he wants to know more and that's why he's he's brought her on this date and why he asked her to go out and kind of have a his version of a good time and yeah. then She-Hulk just kind of says, like, stop, 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 stop. And then the 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 storyline for the issue is ended with them embracing in a kiss. And uh, we see that also reflected on the cover of this issue. It's She-Hulk holding Thor like in like a dipping position. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> but it's, that... dude, it's kind of interesting. And it's one of those romances where you're just like, this totally makes sense. Like right power scheme level on like uh that in humanity aspect you know thor is always trying to get be ground and he's the most grounded like as guardian he's the one that sympathizes with humans he's the one that cares for mortals yeah and so for the fact for him to go for that side of her and knowing there's another side just like he has another side i think that's a really strong like fucking brilliant of course jason aaron put that math together and yeah. made them like this give a game of this moment I do love in in uh, just to talk a little bit more about these comics because these comics were also happening as War of the Realms was leading up. So at the time, Jason is still writing Thor and he's leading up to War of the Realms, this massive Thor centric crossover. In this issue, though, I feel like we actually see Jason have some fun with Thor. Which is like the lead up to War of the Realms in the Thor solo book, which we've been covering in our Jason Aaron retrospective. If you haven't listened to those episodes, go listen to them. They're awesome. In fact, at at this point, if you if you haven't checked out our um, interview with Joe Sabino, uh, Thor letterer for like forever, um, we just did the like 
Thor prepares for the War of the Realms episode. So go check that out. But at this point, Thor is so in, like, he's so in his own head about everything in the Thor solo book. But when you switch over to Avengers, Jason actually has some fun with him. He plays around with him because the Avengers storylines are really more about Black Panther at this point. They're more about, you know, they're more about Tony and Captain Marvel. It's not so much about Thor. So Jason kind of play around a little bit more in that. And that's, that's kind of what I noticed comparing these books that were happening almost simultaneously from each other, but from the same author. It's so interesting. Like when stuff like that happens with creators, when like someone's writing justice league and also like Superman or Batman or something, right? the tones are totally different. And I think that's really because like, they know they're just torturing the fuck out of the character. And they're like, I can't do it twice. Right. Like, I need to loosen up and just like have some feel good moments that I'm right. prepared to give because I'm slaughtering them. Then in their solo series. Like that's always like the more interpersonal aspect. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a great observation too. Did you have anything else from these comics like um, that um, stuck out to you, Brandon? Cause I know you're a creator yourself. Uh, you really appreciate story elements and uh, you have a good eye for story. And I was just wondering if uh, our listeners um, can glean anything from you before they go check these issues out themselves. You know, I was going to even comment, like, I love how you're saying the ABC plots. I don't think a lot of people kind of realized how that works in comics. Yeah. Um. So just for an aspect, like, and I fucking hate Chris Claremont's run on X-Men. Like, I'm not, Chris Claremont has never talked to another human being in his life. That's why the dialogue is so bad. There is Anyways. an episode of Apollo City out there where I believe the three of us do go pretty hard at the yeah, x-men claremont yeah dude yeah like but honestly like it's something it's almost like an essential because so much happens and it fucking did it for 12 years of course right. so much happens in it yeah but it's like legendary in that sense but it's also really good because the way chris was setting up storylines um and I, I believe almost every creator has kind of followed this path and you could pick it up a little bit but no excuse me um so like what they do is they start with a plot, which start has the bulk of the story. So whatever yeah. comic you're reading, the more pages that are around that one aspect of the story, that's the A plot. The B plot kind of gets sprinkled in and then there's right. a C plot always. And as A plot ends, B plot begins and then C plot turns into B plot and a new C plot is introduced. So it's kind of like this rotating wheel. Yeah. yeah. And Jason Aaron's really good at like having those elements into it. So setting up this whole... Thor, and you kind of need to do that with a team book too. It's so much easier than right. a solo series, but you're kind of playing with all these characters and developing them more and more. So it's cool seeing them kind of blemish. And Jason's just such a good storyteller in the fact of like, yeah, dude, his everything that he's flawless. And the fact is, Avengers books are so smooth. You could jump into it and be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on because I haven't read any of this, but you still understand the story like right. a comic book should be, you know, like. There, there's two things that I think Jason Aaron does maybe not better than, but just as good as any uh, author going today is one. He has this ability to build worlds quickly. He does world building efficiently. Yeah. And I've noticed that in his Avengers books now, like with his Avengers forever run um, <clears throat> that is wrapping up later this year and his Avengers run is wrapping up uh, this year. They're going to wrap up together the amount of world building he has done in these multiverse based stories is incredible. Oh, um, it's just so, so good. There's a, uh, an issue, uh, I believe it's issue seven of Avengers forever mm -hmm. that theorizes 
what if Thor had the power of the Iron Fist? Now that's cool. How- He's like Jason Aaron is what like Grant Morrison was like. 20 years ago you know what Mm. i mean when he was doing invisibles and jla and stuff like that like this is like that's the level that like he's at i think like jason aaron and donny cates are going to be like or in snyder are probably going to be like our alan moore neil gaiman's oh boy um like grant morrison's because of how well they tell stories and the elements they've introduced and changed and like what they're influencing right now you know like this is the modern like big time creators you can't yeah. really get better at storytelling in this sense and the and speaking of his storytelling there's another the other thing that i think he does just as good as anybody um, better than most is that constant rotation of a plot b plot c plot mm-hmm. a plot b plot c plot and like he just you every character you see is there for a reason even if you don't know it at the moment, like getting this close to the end of his Thor run. I care about every character. Yeah. Every character. Um, and, and I think that's awesome. I think it's clear in this Avengers run and to segue very smoothly. And I called out my own segue. That's lame. Um, but speaking of characters that we really care about, in fact, almost every character in this show, we really, really cared about yeah. um, on the other side of this break. Brandon and I are going to tell you everything we thought about the She-Hulk series, and we're going to point out a few of the Thor connections in this show. So we will be right back. Friends, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Across the Bifrost. Just wanted to take this brief break to remind you that we do have a Patreon. It is called The Thor Core. There's a link in the episode description that you can follow to join today and you'll get all of our bonus episodes, you'll get early episodes, and you'll learn things about the show before anybody else does. For a few bucks a month, you can join our Patreon, be a member of the Thor Corps, and get awesome bonus episodes like the one we're doing with Brandon later on. We're going to do a full review of Black Adam, the new DC movie. We don't usually talk about DC stuff on this podcast, but if that interests you, you'll get that as a part of your Thor Corps membership with us on Patreon. So if you would consider that, we would appreciate it. Either way, we hope you enjoy the rest of this awesome She-Hulk review. Okay, everybody, it's here. We're going to be talking about the She-Hulk Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nine-episode show, which was a little different. Uh, Threw me off. Different. I didn't know when the show was going to end. <laughs> like, yeah, every like, week I was like, not, six, seven? Nine episodes. Eight? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it ran for nine episodes um, for most of like late summer into early fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, it featured... a. a man, I, I've been trying so hard to get her name right because i think she's an awesome actress but uh tatiana maslani plays jennifer uh jamila jamil plays titania ginger gonzalez plays nikki mark ruffalo showed up as bruce banner josh cigara was pug pug was a uh awesome uh sporting character i loved um tim roth uh he reprised his role as emil blonsky Mm -hmm. uh benedict wong shows up as wong the Sorcerer Supreme. We're definitely going to be talking about that episode. Um, there's so many, so many great actors in this show, but I, I really feel like we we need to we need to start with the 
the surprise breakout star the of biggest the show, of them all the, the star names. we didn't see coming uh patty guggenheim as madison <laughs> let's be honest we're talking about she hulk but this is really about madison with two n's one i and one y but not where you think <laughs> but yeah, it was ridiculous this like, show was so honest like yeah i mean brandon where do you want to start um i'm gonna be the first to say that i was one of those people that i was like why are we getting a she-hulk show like i don't give a fuck about she-hulk like who reads she-hulk <laughs> i don't have i've never had anyone be like check out she-hulk have you heard how good this she-hulk series is yeah I've just always kind of seen it and i've heard in the past like because i read wizard magazine as a kid that like the 80s she-hulk was cool and you even backed that up and then recently like months ago I heard something good about Dan Slot She-Hulk. And I was like, I guess I'll try to check these yeah. out. And I heard that they were very meta. And that's what kind of got my attention. Um, yeah. I still haven't gotten to reading them, to be honest. And I want to, for sure. Definitely want to now. But um, I'm, I'm someone that waits kind of for a season to get close to ending. So I can just binge it a little bit. Like, watch yeah. it all. Rewatch, want to process it. Um, and I started She-Hulk and I fucking loved it. Like, yeah. the start, like, and it was just, it blew me away. And we were just talking about it before, how it's like that whole, there's so much good comedy in it. There's so much good meta moments. And like, I also like seeing like the negative feedback because I wait a few episodes for anything to come out. I just, I just right. get most of the time, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, I end up just doing that out of, I'm just busy. And um. I was just seeing all the build up to being like, man, maybe it's not going to be as, you know, great. And then, of course, it's the Internet, you know, and I started watching it. I was like, this is fucking phenomenal. And like, it's my top Marvel Disney Plus show. And like, I feel like a lot of people try wow. to like it because it's like, it's also the show that's like got controversy because and it's the theme of the show, which was fucking wild, is that like, oh, you're just going to enjoy it because it's a girl show. Oh, you're just going to enjoy it to like it's Marvel's attempt at doing this and all this. I'm like, no, it's just like just happens to be good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just happens to be great. And I love how they tackled that. The nerdgasms that yep. just slip out over a female kicking ass for whatever reason. For right. Why that's a thing still. Yep how long has wonder woman and them been around like why are we still <laughs> right right like, it uh, so it's so i'm sure we will dig into the finale because the finale literally makes real life critics a character yeah which was the most ingenious move because like brilliant. talk about doubling down on being so confident in your show that you're like, we are going to risk pissing off a large fan base, large, large comic book fan base. Let's mm -hmm. be honest, not fans of this particular show, yeah. but we are going to risk making a dicey like jab at our own fan base. That is so freaking metal. Awesome. Yeah. Like, and, and then, and then being like, Hey, but we know who we know who we made this show for. Mm. And I remember it was, uh, I think it was episode three or four. Because I was kind of in that in that thought of like, okay, I like parts of this, but I don't know if I like it as a whole. And of course, you know, in a, in a nine, even a nine episode run of a show, you're going to have weaker episodes. You're going to have stronger episodes. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of how episodic storytelling goes. Unless it's MASH. Unless it's MASH, then it's absolutely fucking perfect fucking um, for 11 seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um there was there was this point i had i was like okay 
am I trying to like She-Hulk or do I like She-Hulk? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and 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 then I I the moment for me, and I know I told you, I told you this, I told our friends Haley and Faz this, I told my friend Will this, basically uh listeners, all the friends that you've gotten to know through this show, told all of them, I was like, I figured it out. She-Hulk is not a superhero show. Yeah. I said She-Hulk is a working girl rom-com. It really about is about a superhero, a working girl rom com. That's really what it like, is. You're right. And, and then Faz, uh, Faz, who uh, listeners, if you if you don't know or remember, Faz is a is a lawyer in real life, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, it's like a legal comedy. Yeah. And I was like, it flipped how I was viewing the show, and it made my viewing experience so much better. And, I, and I think a lot of it was like, okay, was it? Let's see. What's a what's a what's a MCU movie that's generally well liked? Okay, was it Captain America: The Winter Soldier? No, no, it was never no. supposed to be. No, not at all. Was it you know the Batman or Ragnarok? Yeah, you know like I mean? yeah, like it, was it any it of those? Like, it was so different. No, hence why it's kind of like WandaVision in that sense because WandaVision was so different versus anything else that we've gotten from them, um, and it was more Twilight Zone right anything and and this was uh, like a, exactly like what we kind of like our our kind of classic like kind of sitcom feel yeah. um like cheers or something you know like it's right like Seinfeld. <laughs> it takes place in an environment and that's like the key pinnacle aspect of it um that kind of carries everything through and i don't know it was it was they always have that special guest and they even poke fun at that you know right right like it was so and I'm sure, I'm sure some uh, someone is prepared to disagree with me and get and get and prove that I'm wrong. Awesome, applause. This felt like the sensational She-Hulk series by John Byrne that everyone lost. That's the one, yeah, that's the one I was referring to because it's yeah. so wacky. It breaks the fourth wall all the time. Hell, so in one issue of Sensational She-Hulk, fucking Santa Claus shows up to solve a murder with She-Hulk. If that would have happened in the Disney Plus show, people would have lost their damn minds. So that's the cool thing, too, is that, like, I was questioning a lot of, like, what was going on in She-Hulk. And then I think you're the one who told me, you're just like, oh, well, I mean, She-Hulk's really meta in the comics. It's really comedic. And it's so, and then, you know, I, I didn't look up shit. Um, I trusted your word for it because you've read it all. And once Thank I you. heard that, I was just like, oh, well, then the entire show makes sense. So it is a comic book based show very much so even yeah. john Byrne like status comic book based and then when you look at the online reviews i'm like oh no wonder none of you guys have ever read a fucking comic book like i bet if i would have gone back and read you know john it's on my marvel limited i swear to god um but i if i go back and read it and it relates to it it's just like okay so we're all just bitching for whatever and i'm just like i'm so glad that we're getting like a good reception from a good group of like people that are just realizing like why it's different and appreciating yeah it. like, it's not a big punch them up either you know people just no. always expect that from a superhero show and what's funny is um i i was talking to our, our friend Haley about this and i feel like it's a it's a worthwhile contribution to this show which by the way everybody if you haven't checked out source pages Go check out source pages. They just did their She-Hulk review. Haley was unable to join us, um, but she and Brian, I'm, I mean, they killed it with their review. Um, if you want to hear Haley's thoughts, be sure to go check out source pages uh, for that. So one thing that I think is like 
it's one of those things with comic book based mediums or really let's let's say this any any form of storytelling that's based on another form of storytelling or that's adapted from another like making a a movie from a book making a tv show from a comic you know uh, you know all that kind of stuff um there's always this like if it doesn't make me feel the way that the original medium made me feel then it's not good now uh you know to, to follow through with the legal theme a piece of evidence that i will admit into the proceedings lord of the rings people can love lord of the rings books people can love lord of the rings movies the movies are adaptations from the books the books are dense and very like choppy to get through it's a lot yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't call them entertaining um but the movies like i would watch those movies till i would watch those movies always i mean of course when i'm done watching the um the cartoon lord of the rings that we covered on sutra side talk um ralph bashi yeah good grief that was an abomination (laughs) to again enough drugs connect it to the shield thing it was an abomination (laughs) yeah speaking of which dude abomination the fact that we even got him back was brilliant oh and And, the fact that it was still tim roth and it's still tim roth and you know i will my only negative review about this yeah show that i didn't like um was that like i love the tim roth aspect because to me it made sense for him to go down this path and be like a different type of super villain like because i figure if a different writer took this on and had fun with it i'd be like if this was a comic book and i saw them switch up abomination like this i would be laughing at it and they're doing it in the show and it's fucking funny however the hulk aspect i feel like they're really burning out this like professor hulk fucking like and he just seems to get wimpier and wimpier and like i know that's the cool thing about she hulk it's playful it's funny and everything but like i just didn't really like the bruce banner hulk stuff at all it never none of it did anything for me and i was just like you're wasting him more and more i feel and Mm. if we don't get a fucking savage hulk in this next film or something i want to go insane and just rip things to fucking shreds and Hulk smash. That's all I want from the Hulk is Hulk smash. Give me that. Like, yeah. Yep. I, all, all you want is what, you know, probably most of us would expect is Hulk smash. Yeah. Um. Let, okay. There's a few other things in this show we need to talk about. There is a, uh, a red horned devil that we have not spoken about yet. We need to talk about Charlie Cox returning as yeah. daredevil as yeah. Matt Murdoch, that second to last episode was it it was the second last episode um or was it the seventh episode it was the seventh i think think okay that's what threw me off too i thought that was it was incredible so i know that i loved the netflix daredevil series i it's metal as hell so much yeah and i love daredevil daredevil is one of my favorite characters ever um, so is Brandon's. Um, in fact, we have a birthday episode uh, over under edition that's going up this week because Brandon's birthday was a 12. So we did a special oh, episode on it. And it's awesome. all devil themed for you guys to like listen to. So, so yeah, cool. Um, we'll put a link but, in the episode description. People can find yeah, it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, but like, I was so curious how Disney was going to handle him. 
and it couldn't have been a better introduction. Like, that's the thing about Matt Murdock. Like, Matt Murdock slays. I'm not going to lie. Matt Murdock has had sex with so many women in the comics. It's, like, unreal. That is and, uh, that is confirmed. <laughs> yes. Like, he is, like, for a blind guy, he gets some. And the fact that you get to, like, see how smooth he is and just, like, he's hilarious. Oh, man. And the way it all plays out. And you could see, again, with this relationship between... I, and I never really thought about it, but between She-Hulk and Matt Murdock, like them just adoring each other for both being lawyers and be like, you're kind of hot when you're in the courtroom. You know what I mean? Like that's, that was brilliant. And the yeah. fact that like this girl has been going on dates this entire time and just got all these losers and all these losers. And then she gets with Daredevil. You're just like, girl, you won. Like, I, I love the, like, um, yeah, because I saw one critique, and I don't know if I didn't really look into a lot of the opinions on this show because I, I didn't care. Yeah. Um, but there was one review that I saw. It was like, like he's basically like being used by She Hulk, and he fucking loved it. Like, hold on, <laughs> like... hold on though. But if the roles are reversed, if Daredevil's the one making She Hulk do the walk of shame the day before, it was like, yeah, yeah, man, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Which like, it's so much better if Matt Murdock. Oh, it. but it was like, so funny. Why do you sing him in the Daredevil the, outfit? The, the quote, you know, walk of shame. Yeah. Uh, to, like, that was so freaking funny. I laughed my ass it. off. And they're saying like they saw like Daredevil walking like down the street and everything. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. Yes. It was. Oh. I, I couldn't. I was scared and I was nervous about it because I'm protective about the cool shit that I like. And I just had the best time. Yeah. And, then, and the fact that you saw him come back, oh, I loved right. it. I loved every single episode. And I will say this, like I've met Charlie Cox. He is a nice fucking dude. Like that reminded me of like Charlie when I met him. And I was like, man, you're, you're, you're a on a first name basis you? with Daredevil. That's really cool. I wish. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, with Daredevil returning, I think Charlie Cox just opens up a whole new like street level mm-hmm. kind of, here's the thing. Well, Daredevil is so integral in Marvel comics. Yes. He's a big deal. Yeah. And the fact like, yes, Daredevil born again is going to be awesome. It, it, it is. Just and is. people are worried about it, but you know what? I think she Hulk shows that they're not afraid to go into different territory with things that they're not afraid to branch out into different kind of genre type of aspects. Look at WandaVision compared to winter soldier versus Loki versus like Loki and what if are kind of the same, but like versus Hawkeye, like none of these are really the same. And I no. think that people are like, well, the Netflix Daredevil was so dark and amazing. They're going to fuck it up. Like, no, they're not. Like, I think they know that was fucking amazing. Now they got to do better because every time they pick up something, it is better than it was before. But, but also, I mean, you know, just to kind of get into the realm of, I know, uh, hypotheticals here um because you know nerds do i don't know if you know this brandon but nerds do like to hypothesize about stuff we do like to fantasy book stuff um i don't think they'll just do a like oh well the netflix daredevil was dark so we have to be dark in the same way no no it's gonna be like i could honestly see and i think this would be fun um, I could see the Netflix or the uh, Disney Plus Daredevil being more like Mark Wade's Daredevil, I have not or read Mark Wade's Daredevil, Mar- or, or Brian Michael Bendis's Daredevil. Bendis it's Daredevil. a lot more. It's a lot more. Um, read the two Daredevil runs. I have not read. I've done. I would like, recommend them. 
I would yeah. recommend them. They're they're a lot of fun. I've done like um, the Zdarsky, the Miller for Daredevil. Oh, um, Zdarsky's I've done Daredevil. Like uh, Kevin Smith and some Quesada. Like, uh, you've hit most of the modern ones. Jeff Loeb, all of the Jeff Loeb Daredevil. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> you said Zdarsky. Um, just a brief aside here. Have you not read Zdarsky's Daredevil? Uh, no, I have. Oh, I have. Okay. Oh, oh I freaking so that Electra yeah. Daredevil costume is oh sickest shit. So good. It's yeah. so cool. Um, uh, I think uh, Mar- uh, the artist is Marco Cicchetto. Mm-hmm. Um, my gosh, dude, and his cover is so cool. Insane. Man, <laughs> have you seen and- his sketches? If I could ever land one, that's a goal. Like, dude, I don't know. Honestly, like for Frank Miller to be writing Daredevil and then Batman and then Zdarsky to be writing Daredevil and Batman at the same that's where I was going time, next. Like, that's a the start to Zadarsky's Batman. Uh, so I didn't read, I haven't read all of it that's been out so far, but that first issue of him on Batman is oh, incredible. Dude, it like spoke to me on like a personal level. There was like a panel in that page, like, oh, and it hit me so hard. Like, I wanted to cry. Like, it was so good. And then I'm just saying, in, is there or not? There oh. needs to be. Marvel and DC need to get over themselves mm-hmm. and the need to let Zdarsky do a Batman versus Daredevil. How freaking insane would that be? She just let that crossover happen. Yeah, that would just let it happen. So books and Zdarsky could do it. Just, I don't know. He also said he would never do an event again after Devil's Reign. Like, I mean, events, I, I've, I've, uh, but you're right. That's different than an event for sure. Right. You know I mean? Like, it's but, like the spawn uh, Batman thing happening. What were we talking about? Happen. We were talking about She-Hulk, weren't we? She-Hulk. Oh, right, right. <laughs> the episode title says She-Hulk review. Right. Um, slash Mash slash Daredevil slash, <laughs> slash Chip Zdarsky fan club. Um, but there was uh, so another thing I want to talk about since oh, we are on the Thor show um, and people expect, you know, it's weird, Brandon. People expect Thor content when they come to the show. I haven't really figured out why yet, but hopefully I'll get to the bottom of it. Um, so there were some pretty overt connections to the world of Thor Um, to name a few. There was, um, there was Runa, the light elf um, who was in one of the episodes. She's kind of like got this magic where she can, you know, change her appearances. um, And she, she defrauds one of Jen's coworkers by impersonating Megan the stallion. Yeah. Yeah. Is and Megan the like, Stallion a real person? Or yeah, she's a oh. she's a uh, like a pop singer. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, okay, Grandpa, let me let me bring you into the 21st century. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, educate then, me, and, please. I don't know anything about. And then and then Megan Megan the Stallion and Jennifer twerked, and the entire world lost their freaking minds. I love how that twerk was like a five second like post credit scene. It's nothing. It's nothing. And like everyone made it seem like a pivotal plot point but then again when you watch all of the like last the credit scenes they're all like humor based right so then why was it they make a joke about steve rogers being a virgin yeah like that's the uh, first one they bring out steve rogers being a virgin and we're freaking about she hulk twerking for a second like I don't know. More. Whatever. That's it. This so is- the 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 Runa the Light Elf shows up, which also Runa is a name uh, that was, uh, I believe, in a in Torn Grunbeck's Valkyrie. It was given to the Tessa Thompson 
kind of version of Valkyrie. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think that's I think that's right. Runa is a name that's used for Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie in the comics. Um, I love when I hear like a sentence that's like more nerdier than I could ever say in my life. Like that was great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you appreciated that. Yeah, um did. also uh this is really this has been really cool for me because like I love like terrible Thor villains. Like my, I mean, my prized possession here in the Thor studio is the first appearance of you look the troll. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the world that cares about that. Definitely. Um, but another Thor villain and his cronies got their debut in She-Hulk. It's the yeah. wrecker and his wrecking crew. That threw me off. Yeah. Yes. That was really interesting. I, now, we've been expecting that since like Spider-Man. Right. You like, know what it, I mean? like the, so the wrecker and his wrecking crew they show up and they mug jennifer um but she turns into shield and she beats the shit out of them so you know that was no big deal but then the wrecker comes back at the end and he's part of uh emil blonsky's you know re like a rehab uh farm i guess rehab I farm um and he like helps jen have this breakthrough and it's really cool like it's a really cool use of these villainous characters that you just like oh what if villains had to go to rehab, mm -hmm. like to yeah. stop being villainous? Yeah, um, I thought that was cool. That was, was like, really cool. They haven't brought out yet, you know, and it makes sense. Like, and he was all like namaste and like peaceful and shit. And you're like, I see it. And he's such a good actor too, for one. Like you, it just, it felt right. You know, yeah. him doing all of that, very organic. And it's yeah. just like, as a character, I buy it. Like, all right. I I enjoy I enjoyed that episode a lot. And I think one of the critiques I had heard was, well, this there wasn't any like action in this. I'm like, yeah, it's called character development. And not like every <laughs> I mean, that's the cool thing, you know, like I we're going to talk about Black Adam and there's a, in our there's bonus a, episode, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So go so join funny. the Thor Corps and check out the rant of the century. And century, you know what? Century. Like some things have a lot of action that shouldn't and actually less action is typically more in a lot of cases and they pulled it off like this is one of those things if you're looking at it at a certain approach to comedy for one it's based in this superhero aspect it makes sense you know what i mean like all of this like every i think like once you accept what the show is about it's kind of like accepting but I mean, these are bad movies in general, but like the Venom movies, this is a bad comparison. But once I accepted that universe, I like enjoyed Let There Be Carnage and I didn't have a lot right. of criticism, you know? Um, but She-Hulk was like, had quality, but you know, it's not an action pack. That I'm trying to say is it's not an action pack superhero show. You know that from the start. Yeah. So why are you everyone expecting that? I think a, because they see Hulk, they just want right. to see the punch em ups, you know? It's a but, working girl rom-com. I'm telling you. That's what, that's what, I mean, I could be wrong. Like someone, someone could say like, Hey Ryan, I think you got that one wrong. Here's what it like kind of actually is supposed to be. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. When I switched my brain to viewing it differently mm -hmm. and being like, okay, this is not freaking Avengers Endgame. This is not, you know, Spider-Man. I was going to like talk a girl into watching a TV show with me that's superhero based. And she's like, I'm so sick of all your fucking superhero shows. I don't care for any of them. I'm like, but wait, you might like She-Hulk. Um, 
if that girl exists for you, Brandon, I already like her a lot. Um, so, so um, let's get to this finale because the finale had one very uh, timely uh, reference to uh, Thor when they get to the intelligentsia like boy scout meeting um the the group that pug is in they're all talking about thor and they're talking about the jane foster uh, version of thor so they're like using words like female a lot and they're just like so cringy and so like just gross um and i was like okay this is like crazy because this movie just came out and they're already dropping uh they're already dropping these references in there uh, which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. um but the rest of the finale i mean brandon the finale was so nuts in so many different ways and it didn't end like a normal marvel show or a movie no. there wasn't this big massive fight in the sky with a, a dragon or a fortress or like you know or spaceships like it was Jen fighting basically toxic fandom. Yeah. Or exactly. Like, like toxic like fandom. It, like toxic it was, fan male fandom too. You know what I mean? Because which by the way, we we know that we are two guys talking about this. Yeah. We watched like Brandon and I watched the finale, and it was like we're like cheering She-Hulk on the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know these guys. But then there's that whole thing of like where she fights Kevin at the end or she fights yeah. Kevin yeah. Um, and they rewrite the show because the show itself was going down and like, oh, abomination, you know, it goes back to evil and Todd gets turned into a, a, a Hulk. And you're just like, what is happening here? Even as you're watching it, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I was I with you. Yeah, I was with you. And then and then Jen calls it out and she walks out of the show. <laughs> It was awesome. It was the most meta, like, I mean, that's how, that's what got me into comics is when they cross that, you know, that fourth wall. And when you do that and you do it well enough, it's brilliant, you know? And I think this is exactly what they needed to do to just make it like that over the top, like, you don't know what to expect type of TV show. Because I felt like that way through the entire season is that you didn't know what to expect. And to serve you that well in a finale and then kind of leave you hanging in a sense too yeah yeah there's stuff to pick up um and um oh gosh what i loved what i love so much about that show is they did something that really a form of storytelling we hadn't really seen in the in the mcu yet which was breaking the fourth wall and you know heck in like episode four or five jen's like well wong showed up last week so that should give us twitter armor for a few weeks yeah and i was like yeah. that's brilliant that is they like, see it like it's knowing they pay attention to like knowing how right right knowing how you're perceived by a certain amount of your fan base and being like okay we're just gonna talk about it but here's the thing you know it, it's funny um that you know people that have let's say watched the deadpool movies Deadpool was not the first superhero to break the fourth wall, everybody. That's nope, not a thing. Nope. It's also like I had that whole thing too. I that was one of my rants was like, why who gives a fuck about She-Hulk? Like, why are we doing this character? And then you kind of realize how often you see She-Hulk in the comics or just character, different characters in general, like what they've been doing. Moon Knight, you know, they have Man Thing and Werewolf by Night, like they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, oh, they're just like broadening up the marvel universe because they can and they all exist in it so why the fuck not like yeah. well, who else i mean we're gonna get to everybody eventually 
it was going to happen. So, well, it's like this phase, this phase is, you know, being called by some the MCU. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I'm like, down for that. Why is that, that a problem? Also, that also happened in the comics. Right. Like, so, like I just, it's one I, of those things too. Like, I think too many people just get mixed up in like what is being put out. Um, yeah. You know, in the past or the modern comic book realm. And to me, like, it's one of those things. As long as it gets close to marrying what we got in the comics or picking up the right, you know, the right aspects and characteristics the spirit of the character spirit yeah then it's just like then you nailed it then you're just telling a different series it's just like if another writer took on in the books you know it's going to be a little different yeah well and um forget who was it i somebody we've interviewed in the past one of our past conversations uh some listener go back and listen to every creator conversation we've had and find this quote for me um but they're basically like I will always have a different version of this character of Thor of Odin of Loki, because I can't have somebody else's version of it. Even if we could write the same dialogue and yet the art would look different. We could all have the same art, but then the dialogue would be different. You know, the tone, the spirit, the themes it's, it's different. Like using a character like She-Hulk to tell stories that the producers, the directors, the writers, the actors, you know, the actresses, the production staff that they wanted to tell. Did they accomplish what they wanted to? I would say, given the theme of that finale, they did exactly what they wanted to do. I felt it. Yeah, I could totally see that. And and even if you did not like it, like, like, it's it, are you are you allowed not to like stuff? Sure. Why not? Like, you know, there's check out our bonus episode. You're going to learn something Brandon didn't like. Yeah. Um but there's this idea of like, well, the, like, oh, the, MC, the MCU, like, you know, oh, you know, girls are taking over, you know, female superheroes are taking over. So what? Who cares? Kind of a good thing. Like, they're badass characters. Like, and, and you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is, you know, a touchier subject you know, for some, for some, but like having a, a, div, a diverse cast of, of characters, of black characters, of Hispanic characters, of Asian characters, um, heck, you know, having gay, gay superheroes, bisexual superheroes, like, God forbid, like, you know, I can't wait to see the, the shit storm that happens um, with a, a certain set, subset of the fan base when we get our first trans superhero, mm-hmm. um, like, those are all good things because it includes more people in the medium of telling superhero stories. And really at the end of the day, superhero stories are human stories. So it's fucking wild. Is that like everyone today that gets upset about that has not been reading comics for the last 30 years because there's a comic called Sandman that deals with all of that. Oh, do you like Sandman, Brandon? I don't know. Like my little, like, like Sandman, but also like, dude, Grant Morrison's Invisibles. Like there's so many characters, even if you look at, uh, I think seven soldiers of victory, there's some stuff in there too, but it's like, you don't, this is offending you because it's in like a television medium. Like you've never read comics in general because all of this shit has been in the comics the entire, also like we're talking about people that like, I mean, no matter, okay, like, no matter what you do in life, like, you are practically, like, dressing up in drag 
because you're dressing up and you're putting something else on a different persona to have someone else perceive something else. Like you dress differently from work, from how you are going to like school to how you are like when you're at home to where you're with family, like, and these are the same thing. These characters, these superheroes are putting on tight outfits, armored or not that are Batman's putting on leather and running around in the night. Like that is, I mean, that's drag right there. You know, like, tell me he's putting on little boots and frolicking throughout the night like in his cape like he's putting on a cape and running around like in leather tight leather like come on if if a trans anything offends you in comic books you don't know what comic books are <laughs> like, it, well and and we okay so we say all that to to be like this show brought so many different topics to the to the forefront for me of like where could where imagine imagine the possibilities of where comic book storytelling could go next mm -hmm. like imagine what kind of inclusivity we could achieve next yeah. and like you can you know uh bitch about the cgi you can bitch about you know the the twerking and you know, all that stuff let's try to see a little bit bigger picture here the like, record the cgi was trash in the first day there and i agree with I, everyone you know what but it got it, so much whatever. better like, <laughs> it, right right but but like imagine the possibilities and i'm not i'm not saying that i want there to be less thor stories i don't want there to be less iron man stories i don't want there to be less captain america stories so all i'm trying to say is that there's a there's this rich diverse potential of storytelling in dc stories in marvel hell let's not let's go beyond even comic books there's so many other parts of storytelling that need to be highlighted and need to be represented. Yeah. And, and whatever little part She-Hulk had in that, I'm glad that I enjoyed it to the point where um, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, I thought that with Miss Marvel too. Like Miss Marvel, I loved it. We Ms. don't Marvel. have greatly different from anything yeah, like, else that was like a historical like type of like right right like know, a, like a diverse you know, piece that i learned about like culture and heritage I and mean, i don't know how accurate some of that shit is but i mean by all means that's what they yeah presented. and and you know um um moon knight we're talking about you know various personalities so um, trash, and, but like yeah i could see that like aspect. but but it's it's like there's at least these attempts <laughs> yeah yeah at talking about different subjects mm -hmm. Um, within these stories and i really really enjoy that i really like at least the attempts at it it's on, not on this paper, it looks right totally it's agree. not this sweeping under the rug of people people who human beings who experience life differently mm -hmm. than there differently than me differently yeah. than you like and there is there's some rich beauty in that so um any other final thoughts about she hulk and the um the rant that was <laughs> man go watch she hulk that concludes our she hulk review but it does not conclude our episode because brandon is gonna be the second person along with joe sabino to go through the spooky thunder round as we prepare for halloween here on across the bifrost brandon are you ready for the I've spooky thunder it. round let's do it Brandon has also never done a thunder round, which is kind of fun. So yeah, uh, we've been nervous. friends for like over a year now and he's, he's never done a thunder round. So here we go. Five quick questions that we throw at our guest and we see what we get back. This helps you get to know our guests a little bit better. And we're going to find out some spooky truths from Brandon Blockstorf, Paul City Comics. What was the first scary movie 
you ever saw. I want to say one of the first scary movies I remember watching was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> go, go look it up on HBO Max. It's a uh, goddamn my whole life just chases back. Is it is it I trash? Think. It's not trash. Um, okay. Actually, it's a very creepy movie that, like, I would. It, it, it's old. I mean, it's 1962. What happened? Uh, it's just a creepy, like, kind of like thriller type of movie that still stands like a good testament to time and okay. great acting in it. But I remember okay. that just really creeped me out. But that's like the type of creepy I like when it comes to horror. I don't like slasher horror, so I can't recall something like that because I probably hmm. just blocked it out because I didn't like it. But one. Yeah, I'm not a slasher horror guy either. Um, yeah, like this is a horror movie that like I saw it and it stuck with me. You know what I mean? I yeah. Like, right. Second question. Zombie bite or vampire bite? Vampire bite, dude. I'm so fucking down to be a vampire. <laughs> zombies creep the fuck out of me too, by the way. Really? Like, zombies like genuinely kind of scare me. But like last year I started binging vampire stuff because I try to like, I- I'm not, I'm new to horror. I'm not like a horror person. I've never been a horror person, but it's come to my attention a lot. Cause I really got into like David Lynch and that got me in the whole trail of stuff. Um, but like last year for Halloween, I just binge vampire stuff. And it just turns out, I think I really like vampires cause I thought all of it was dope. I still <laughs> won't like read and watch vampire crap. Buffy is one of my favorite shows right now. Just Buffy is good in. shit. Yeah. Um, okay. Third question. And I know you're vegan, so this might change your, answer a little I'll bit do the vegan version of whatever yeah cool. do yeah so do the vegan version of this question <laughs> favorite halloween candy oh man torture my soul there's you know what sucks about being vegan is that makes halloween really hard sometimes right there's like some like there's vegan candy corn but it's hard to find i think that's it vegan candy corn is it just corn <laughs> no <laughs> but it, like it's not even as good as like regular candy corn either you know it's mm. vegan food is like every year they kind of make a small little step forward into quality like cheese and shit like that and adding more candy but um it's kind of still where i'm at yeah man well i can't say that when i read these questions i was like i was like all oh, right <laughs> but you know when it find when i find those items or when there's something new like i cherish the fuck yeah out of it no i i I, cry. I yeah don't doubt it fourth question was the best Halloween costume you ever had? So I've been Nightwing once. I came out really cool as a homemade one. Like, and it was you made a costume. Nightwing. I made a co- Nightwing costume, <sighs> and then um, that's so cool. Uh, one year, uh, this girl I was dating, and I, um, she got like a Joker outfit, and then I was like Robin, and I bought a medium Robin top. You know what okay. I mean? But it was like still way too tight dude so <laughs> it was just like snug on me like and no i looked like a kid robin it was so fitting for how tight that thing was oh man that's um, so funny but other than that like i was like the crow for like six years in a row i can like, see you pulling off the crow <laughs> like, yeah. i can see you pulling off the crow uh okay fifth and final question this is marvel related because right. after all we are a marvel adjacent podcast what is your favorite creepy Marvel character? Creepy Marvel character. No. 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 The God yeah. of the Symbiotes. The God of the Symbiotes. Yeah. He does like, give Halloween vibes. He does. If, oh, dude, fucking look at this. Like, oh, do you have the Legends figure right there? I do have the Legends Oh, man. Figure. So cool. Yes. Yeah. No, oh. it's just like creepy as hell. And I love it. And he's so. He looks like a vampire. Like, yeah. Maybe that's the thing about it. he looks like a vampire yeah. too. Maybe that's- he's like he's like better Dracula. 
That's what null yes. is. Yes. Um, but there you go, man. That's that's your first that's your first thunder round. Hyped for it. Uh, listeners, I hope that you learned more about Brandon today. Maybe you can follow him uh, at Apollo City Comics and follow up with some of your favorite vegan candy if you have vegan yeah, candy. Send me your vegan candy shit. Yeah. So I know about it. <laughs> so everybody, as we wrap up the episode today, I want to thank Brandon for stopping by. We always have fun on these chats. We're going to be, I believe, Brandon, are we still going to be on Apollo City in a little bit? Yes, um, uh, we're doing a live episode for the fourth anniversary of Apollo City Comics, uh, November 2nd. It's a Wednesday, and we'll be announcing that this week. Um, also, keep up with us. I'll be at Baltimore Comic Con um, and posting about that with lesser known comics. Woo! And so we have a lot of cool stuff. And we have a ton of interviews from Launchtober, where we just helped bring out indie creators right. launching their Kickstarters this past month. And a lot of them are still going on. And also, there's just an arsenal of cool comics for you guys to check out yeah. a lot for free over at Global Comics. So go hit all that up. And then, yeah. And then, you know what? Our comic book anthology is still open. It's open till the end it of November. It is. Yes, till the end of November. We've gotten tons of submissions, and we keep on wanting more. Keep sending them. And just shoot us a message on Instagram or Twitter if you have any questions. I'll talk to you personally. Um, yeah. And then right. we have an announcement coming out soon. But Ooh, comics. buddy. Yeah. Just go check out Apollo City Comics on Instagram for all of that. Um, Brandon's a really good follow. Um, and just so everybody knows a little bit more uh, about what's happening in the world of Across the Bifrost, we just recently got back from Theology Beer Camp, which was a ton of fun. Our good friend Trip Fuller um, invited us out there. We got to hang out with uh, we got to hang out with some stalwarts from across the Bifrost. Will Rose and I actually met in person for the first time, gave each other a big old hug. We drank many beers together and we talked much comics. So um, we are going to be putting up the episode that we did, the live panel we did. We did a superpower happy hour at this uh, beer camp. It was a lot of fun. We had two other friends, uh, Nathan Gilmore, and uh, Josh Noel, come on with us. Nathan Gilmore is actually going to be on an episode before the end of the year where we're going to talk some Norse mythology because Nathan is completely stoked about all that stuff. So that panel is going to be put up as a bonus episode, I'm hoping, in the next few weeks. So be looking for that. That's what we did at Theology Beer Camp. Um, also wanted to share a story as we head out here. I know we have, we have, we have talked many a story on this episode, but a really cool thing happened um, on my way to this episode. Uh, I got a message on our uh, Mighty Thor Instagram account from a guy named Kenny Carlson. So Kenny, if you're listening, um, this is the shout out that I asked you for, or that if we could do. Kenny uh, just said how much he appreciated this show and um, that he discovered it a little while ago and he's really loving it. But the part that he loves the most is that um, he listens with his son. Um, maybe Kenny, don't listen to this episode with your son, but his son is five years old. And uh, I think Kenny's son might be our mascot because Kenny's son's name is Thor. So uh, Kenny and Thor Carlson, 
Uh, thank you for listening all the way from Sweden. Um, cool. Thank you very That's much. So cool. Yeah. yeah, right, right. It's thank you so much for your support. Um, thanks for letting me share that story. Um, it was very heartwarming to hear that um, this little itty bitty show that is recorded in the middle of nowhere um, is uh, is heard, you know, halfway around the world. So um, yeah, thank you, Kenny, for letting me share that story. And if you have any other cool stories you want us to share on the show, send them to me and we'll we'll see if we can fit them in another cool way you can support the show uh, other than just telling us awesome stories uh, is by joining our patreon join the thor core for just a few bucks a month and uh, we would love to have you be a part of our community on patreon um, that is growing it's been really exciting uh, to see us you know add you know here and there we get a, we get another thor core member here and there um, and towards the end of the year we are going to be deciding what creator we're going to be focusing on next year. It's kind of down between two of them. But if you're a member of the Thor Corps, I'm going to talk to you one-on-one -on -one and we're going to see what you want to hear next year. So um, yeah, we got lots to look forward to. The end of the year is going to be so much fun. So uh, everybody, next week, we've got a banger episode for you. And I know I say this a lot. It's because I mean it every time. We are going to have uh, one of my favorite podcast hosts on next week. We are going to be talking about War of the Realms next week on the podcast. We are going to be talking with a very special guest. And um, I'm so excited for this episode. Our entire Jason Aaron retrospective has been leading up to talking about War of the Realms, and it's going to be awesome. So until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge for War of the Realms, I'm Ryan, he's been Brandon, and we encourage you to do one thing, and that is stay worthy.